If you'd turn with me and go please to um, 3 John, the first verse, just one chapter in 3 John. We began last time I was with you talking about that God's will is success. And uh, it said, the elder to the well-beloved Gaius, whom I love in the truth, beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Holman says, Dear friend, I pray that you may prosper in every way and be in good health just as your soul prospers. The Dewey translation says, I make it my prayer that you may proceed prosperously and fare well as your soul does prosperously. Now, if this is just one man talking to another, it shouldn't be in the Bible, if that's all it is. But if it's the inspired Word of God, can we take the Word as God speaking to us? Is it God's will that we prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers? And he's talking about inner prosperity and outer prosperity. Material, financial prosperity is outer. Physical prosperity is outer. And healing and material abundance is connected to inner man, soul prosperity. Now, um, there's a lot of controversy about this subject. There are people who are adamantly opposed to what they call the prosperity message. But the word prosper is in the Bible, isn't it? Numerous times. And if you look it up, the word prosper simply means to succeed. To succeed. If you're prosperous, if your journey was prosperous, you succeeded in reaching your destination. And is God opposed to us, our success? As we said before, if our Father is pleased with us being poor, He's different from any father or mother we know about. And we're told He's a Father and a good Father, the best. Anybody in here that's got children and grandchildren, is it true with you that if your child loses the place where they live and gets kicked out on the street, doesn't have enough to eat or doesn't have a way to go or doesn't have adequate clothes to wear that you go, well, good for them. They'll learn some things. Is that how you feel? Is that how you? No. Well, is our father a good father or a bad father? Does it please him when we're hurt, when we're in lack, when we're broke? Now, you know, if it does, let's quit playing around with this. If poverty pleases him, let's go all out. Let's do it. Let's get rid of all our stuff, our nice stuff. Nah. See, the only place people believe this dumb stuff is in church. As soon as church is over, they go out and try to make some money. Right? <laughs> try to get a good place to live. Try to get, get close to it. Well, that's being a hypocrite. You should practice what you preach. <laughs> well, you see how big this is going over? You will run into some great big holy cows in this area. And we're going to poke them. And then we're going to put them down. <laughs> so you may hear them move once in a while. And if it feels a little tense, then you'll know what's going on. <laughs> Psalm 35, 27. Psalm 35, 27 says, Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause. What's all the shouting about? Let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Is this true or not? Does God take pleasure in our poverty? are in our prosperity. Which one? 
He takes pleasure, just like any good father does, when his children do well, it pleases him. He wants to see us succeed in every good thing. He's the God of abundance. Is he or not? The God of abundance, not the God of lack. We need to shake off these ungodly, unscriptural religious ideas that have actually been preached from pulpits for centuries. What do you think? Sit out loud. I magnify the Lord. And I say it all the time. (laughs) He takes pleasure in my prosperity. You need to say it because there are things in this world working against you to convince you of something else. You need to remind yourself on a continual basis, no, 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 this lack is not the will of God. God takes pleasure in my prosperity. Come on, say it again. God takes pleasure in my prosperity. Psalm 112, verse 1. Psalm 112, verse 1. Praise ye the Lord. Blessed is the man that fears the Lord and delights greatly in his commandments. Now, we're going to be talking about this this morning, about what it means to be blessed. Blessed is the man. Have we got any blessed men and women in here today? Blessed. (laughs) I want you to get used to saying it. Blessed. Blessed is the man. Blessed is me. Fears the Lord, that's reverence, that's honor, that's respect, delights greatly in his commandments. Some say, well, we're not, we're not under the old covenant. Yeah, but we got commandments. Love one another, <laughs> right? <laughs> As he has loved us and believe in the Lord Jesus, our commandments are love and faith. And that's a full-time job. If you'll do that night and day, you will fulfill The ten, you will fulfill all the other. All of it summed up in doing that. Verse 2, his seed shall be mighty upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Now we throw this word around a lot, but it's a powerful word. What does it mean to be blessed? Keep going, verse 3. Wealth. And riches is part of the blessing. Shall be in his house. Now this makes the devil so angry. This verse. And it makes religious people angry. Which which is a bad company. Right? Is this Bible? What does it say? Help me out. Wealth and riches shall be in his house. So he's got a house. And it's not the bank's house, so it must be paid for. It's his house. (laughs) Do you reverence the Lord? Do you delight greatly in his commandments and what he tells you to do? You want to do what he tells you to do? This belongs to you. Said out loud, God takes pleasure in my prosperity. Wealth and riches riches. will be in my house. house. (laughs) Wealth and riches. riches. And people say, oh, I don't don't care about all that. You mean you don't care about this verse? You don't care about this scripture? God must have cared about it. He didn't have to put it in here. Do you see what religious devils you run into when you start talking about this? A phony Humility, a hypocritical concern, acting concerned for the poor. It's ugly stuff that goes along with the resistance against this word. And people will turn right around. They'll tell you, oh, I don't believe in all that stuff. I, I can't stand all that stuff. And then 30 minutes later, they'll turn around and ask for money. We've had people... Not many thank the Lord, but we've had people leave this church because they didn't like what I preached about this. 
And a few months later, turn around and ask for financial help. They didn't like the message on finances. But they like to help. Something's not right there. We'd help them if the Lord said to, but we all got the same source. Do we? And God's will is that we have plenty. Now, before this is over, I'm going to talk about the other side of this more than I ever have. I'm going to talk about covetousness. I'm I'm going to talk about loving money. I'm going to talk about that. But not today. (laughs) Today, we're going to talk about being blessed. Being blessed. Being blessed. Blessed. What does it mean to be blessed? One of the things that it means to be blessed is wealth and riches, in case you were confused about some language. Wealth? What kind of wealth are you talking about? Riches? There's spiritual riches in your house. In your house. Come on, say it out loud. Wealth and riches in my house. This will set you free. This will set you free. Wealth and riches. In my house. Must say, well, I, don't, I don't need all that. Who said you had to spend it all on you? Get a bigger vision. <laughs> hey. Keep going. Verse 4. To the upright there arises light in the darkness. He is gracious and full of compassion and righteous. This blessed man, woman. Verse 5. A good man shows favor and lends. He'll guide his affairs with discretion. How many know you got to have some wisdom in handling all that wealth and riches or it'll be gone in a flash? Surely he'll not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. For what? Keep going. He'll not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. He makes it through every recession, every downturn, Comes out shining. Keep going. His heart is established. He'll not be afraid. Till he sees his desire upon his enemies. He doesn't respond to fear. Keep going. He has dispersed. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn shall be exalted with honor. Now you will see. With that in mind. Go with me to 1 Timothy in the New Testament. 1 Timothy, the sixth chapter, and we begin to get into what it means to be blessed. 1 Timothy 6 and 17. I want you to notice in Psalm 112, we saw two big effects of the blessing in the outward realm. We saw the blessed man with wealth and riches in his house. And then after that we saw the blessed man giving. Can you see that? Two people. How many know you can't give what you don't have? When people say, well, I don't care about all that. I don't want all that. Then you don't want to do for anybody else. Then you, you have no vision to help anybody else. You do. Someone say, well, I, I don't want to get into excess. Oh yeah, you do. You want excess provision because it's out of your abundance. Your, your ministry is in your abundance. If it's taking all the faith you've got to pay your electric bill and put gas in your car, you've got no vision to preach the gospel to help anybody. Come on, are y'all with me to help anybody else? Well, I don't care about all that. Yeah, but you should. There's other people besides you. You don't want just enough. All I need is just enough. Me, my wife, my son, you know, my daughter, us four, no more. All I need is, you know, if I got, you know, a place to lay my head and some, you know, cold cornbread and wild onions and, and branch water, I can get by just fine. Well, you're selfish. You got no vision. To help preach the gospel or anybody. No, you want way more than enough to run you. Your ministry is in your abundance. 
It's in your excess. Your ministry is in your surplus. So who wants surplus? Come on, who wants lots of extra? More you have, more you can give, more you can do. But it doesn't start with the money. It starts with a change of heart. It starts with a desire. That you prosper and be in health. How? Even as your something on the inside. See, it's prospering first. Then something on the outside prospers. He says here, charge them that are rich in this world. That they get rid of all them riches. Because you can't serve God with rich. No. No, just don't be snooty. <laughs> don't get to thinking you all that because you got a new car, got a new ring, got some new clothes, got a little bit bigger house. You're the same girl you used to be. <laughs> You're the same boy you used to be in them designer clothes. You, you, you didn't put on that new suit and turn into somebody else. You, you're the same, you. We all know it. You should know it too. <laughs> Don't be high-minded. And here's the big deal. Don't trust in the riches. See, there are people who love money who don't have any money. If that's true, then you could have money and not love money. And there are people who have money but they trust in it. It's their defense. It's they, they rely on it for everything. They think money is the, you know, fixes everything, but it can't. You've got to be able to have it without it being your God. You've got to have it without serving it. You've got to have it without loving it. Like I said, we're going to get into all that. Not today. Not today. <laughs> Don't trust in the uncertain riches, but trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. The Lord quickened to me about today this word enjoy. He quickened to me this word enjoy. God is who we should trust in, not the riches. But God gives us Richly, all things to enjoy. Verse 18, charge them that they do good, that they be rich in good works. That's because you got a lot of abundance. You can be rich in good works because you're rich to start with. You can't be rich in good works if you're not rich. You can do some good works, but to be rich in good works, you got to be rich. Ready to distribute. Willing to communicate. Now let's back up to that previous verse. Verse 17. Said out loud. My God. God Takes pleasure. pleasure In my prosperity. prosperity. He gives me. me Richly. richly All things. things To enjoy. To enjoy. To enjoy. To enjoy. To enjoy. Listen to the Amplified. The Amplified says, As for the rich in this world, charge them not to be proud and arrogant and contemptuous of others, not to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God, who richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Richly and ceaselessly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. It's not going to upset the Lord if you enjoy life. In fact, it was his idea for us to enjoy. Why would I say that? Because there is this this thing in traditional religion that if anything's enjoyable or fun, it's got to be wrong. Just, we think it's a sin or not. I don't know, but you enjoy it? Yeah, well, cut it out. (laughs) Cut it out. (laughs) And you're laughing, but 
this idea, even though it may not be expressed exactly like that, it kind of hangs over, you know, Christendom. And uh, that's why a lot of people are not Christians. Because they have relatives who are. <laughs> and their thinking is, well, it, you know, if being a Christian is being like Uncle Joe or Aunt, Aunt Barb, then no. They never have any fun. They never enjoy themselves. It's always, quit that, you sinner. Quit it. Stop it, you sinner. Everything's wrong. Everything's a sin. That's not what the Bible talks about. The Bible talks a bunch about enjoyment. Enjoyment. In fact, it mentions that it's a curse not to enjoy. Go with me, if you would, to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 16.9 is one of the main feasts that God told his people to have every year. He told them to have three main feasts. This was the Feast of Weeks. And it said, verse 9, seven weeks you'll number to you and begin to number the seven weeks from the time that you put the sickle to the corn. You keep the Feast of Weeks to the Lord your God with a tribute of a freewill offering of your hand. You'll give to the Lord your God according as the Lord thy God has blessed thee, blessed you. And verse 11, and you shall what? Rejoice, rejoice before the Lord. Who's going to rejoice? You, your son, your daughter, your manservant, your maidservant, the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow, everybody rejoice. This is a commandment from the Lord. Don't want no sad moping at my party. A feast is a party. The Lord commanded them to Rejoice. Somebody might say, yeah, but that's that's Old Testament, Brother Keith. Have you ever heard of Philippians? Rejoice in the Lord. Always. And again I say, instead of just three times a year, now it's always. Have a party every day. Tell your neighbor, help help your neighbor out right now. Say, say, rejoice, rejoice. 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 That's the opposite of moping. Moping, pouting, dragging, being sad, being... Somebody said, well, yeah, but you you don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know everybody's dealing with something. Don't give me that. You don't know what I'm dealing with. I know this. It's a choice to rejoice. It's a choice. Somebody say, I choose to rejoice. (laughs) This is a powerful weapon against the attack of the enemy. He will bring to you, to me, any of us, at any time if we let him, he'll bring to you thoughts that if you'll think them will make you sad. And bring you down. He'll bring you feelings. With those thoughts. And people who don't know any better. They just yield to them. They're they're having a pretty good day. Everything's going along. And then this feeling comes on them. And this bad thought. And they just go. I was having a good day. Well why did you stop? (laughs) Are you a slave? A servant? To any thought and feeling that the enemy brings by you. Are you that easily defeated? That all he's got to do is bring a thought or a feeling. Or do you know that the weapons of our warfare. Are not carnal but they're mighty through God. And you can grab that thought. You can grab that feeling. And you can slap it down. Slap it. Slap it down and say no you don't. No you get out of my mind. Get out of my room. I'll make a choice to rejoice. I choose to rejoice and be glad because I'm blessed. I'm not cursed. I'm blessed. You'll rejoice. I mean, he said it again 
In verse 14, just a couple of verses down, he said, And you shall rejoice in your feast. Who? Not just a couple of people. You, your son, your daughter, your manservant, your maidservant, the Levite, the stranger, the fatherless, the widow. Could the widow cry if she wanted to? Could the fatherless cry if they wanted to? Sure. But he said, no, nah, uh-uh, nope. We're going to rejoice. Everybody is going to rejoice. Everybody. Everybody. Why? Why is it such a big deal? Because when you choose to rejoice, you chose to believe God. If you're believing the goodness of God and everything he said about you and what he's done and what he's going to do, you've got no reason to be depressed. If you're depressed, it's because you don't believe what he said. A choice to despair, which is a choice. We've all made mistakes now, no condemnation, but let's just make a change. A choice to despair is a choice to doubt. A choice to rejoice is a choice to believe. I'm going to say that again. That was worth you coming out this morning right there. <laughs> a choice to despair is a choice to doubt. A choice to rejoice is a choice to believe. I choose to believe. I choose to rejoice. I choose to. You can rejoice with tears coming down your cheeks. You can just choose to. You can rejoice no matter how bad you feel, no matter what's going on. You can say, you can resist that and say, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I'm rejoicing. Thank you, Lord. Now in Deuteronomy 28, Deuteronomy 28, what does it mean to be blessed? Verse 1, the Lord gave them his commandments and told them if they would keep his commandments, all these good things would happen. If they refused and rejected and disobeyed, bad things would happen. The good things, the blessing. The bad things, the curse. Let's remind ourselves of a few of these verses here. It'll come to pass if you hearken diligently to the voice of the Lord your God to observe and do all his commandments which I command you this day, the Lord your God will set you on high above all nations of the earth. All these blessings will come on you and run over you. Ever been run over by a blessing? It's a great experience. <laughs> if you will hearken to the voice, if, if you listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Keep going. Blessed. Every time you see the word bless or blessed, I want you to say it out loud with me. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of your ground and the fruit of your cows and the increase of your kind and the flocks of your sheep. Blessed shall be your basket and your store. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. Well, you're either coming or going. Right? So you're blessed all the time. Blessed. 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 Now, all this is good and worth reading, but you see the idea the blessing is on. He, well, I, I need to keep reading because he gets into the material part of this. Verse 7. Keep going. The Lord will cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. They'll come out against you one way and leave and run seven ways, getting away. Verse 8, the Lord will command the blessing. The what? On you in your storehouses. And in all that you set your hand to. And he shall bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. Bless you. He talks about all your stuff being blessed. So much so that you've got multiple storehouses. Now he goes on a few verses later and says, if you refuse to listen to God and you won't do what he says, then instead of the blessing, there's going to be curse. And just like you were blessed, you'll be cursed. And I want you to notice down in verse 45, 2845, all these curses will come on you if you don't listen to God and pursue you and overtake you till you'll be destroyed. 
because you wouldn't listen. That is the number one problem on the planet. Folks won't listen. That's it. Number one. And we can't point a finger and judge because have you ever not listened? (laughs) Won't listen to the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. Keep going. They'll be upon you for a sign and wonder and upon your seed forever. Why? Because you wouldn't serve the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Because you wouldn't do that, verse 48, you're going to get to serve somebody else. You're going to serve your enemies. And they'll sin against you in, in hunger, thirst, nakedness, want of all things. Back up to verse 47 again. What was God's will? That we serve him with joyfulness. You can't separate faith from joy. You can't. You show me a person who's really in faith, I'll show you a person with some joy and gladness. A person who's depressed and full of anguish is a person who's not believing. Because even if you're going through some rough times, if you believe God's heard your prayer and you believe you're coming out, you can endure the uncomfortable now for the glorious next. Right? Right. You still got anticipation of expectation of good. You wouldn't serve the Lord with joy and gladness. You wouldn't serve him and be happy about it so you don't get to serve the enemy. I don't want to serve the enemy. I want to serve my God and do it like he told me to do it. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. This is a big part of being blessed. What do you mean? Having a bunch of money and a big house and a bunch of things is not the same as being blessed. You can have A bunch of money and clothes and jewelry and houses and cars and be cursed. Having a bunch of stuff doesn't equal being blessed. And yet part of the blessing is God adding even natural things to you. Wealth and riches will be in my house. So how do you understand this? Glad you asked. Go to Ecclesiastes. (laughs) Go to Ecclesiastes, please. While you're going there, put up on the screen for us, please, Proverbs 10, 22. You're going to Ecclesiastes 2. But on the screen, please, put Proverbs 10, 22. What does it say? The riches of the world make you blessed. Make you rich. Riches of the world make you blessed. They do not. But the blessing of the Lord makes you rich. You with me or not? Jesus warned, you know, when he told about the man that built his barns and said, I got much treasure laid up for many years. He said, uh, you know, that he was a fool and he was leaving there that night and all those things. Who is it going to belong to? He said, Such are those that are not rich toward God. You can be rich in the world, not rich in God. You don't want to be that. And you'll find there's no joy in that. There is no amount of money that can make you happy. People say, oh yeah, I got a figure. I I thought, you know, try me. Try me. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. You may think so. And it's easy to think it if you hadn't had it. But when you get it, you're going to find out you're the same you. The devil's the same devil. You're still living on the same planet. Still got the same history. No, there's not an expensive enough car. There's not a big enough, nice enough house. 
They're not nice enough clothes to make you happy and content on the inside and to give you joy and peace. These are natural things. What we're talking about here is spiritual. Natural things cannot do for you spiritual results. Cannot. That's why there have been more than one person who's a multimillionaire, who's a billionaire, who committed suicide. Why? They got everything in the world. No, they don't. Well, shouldn't say they got everything in the world. They don't have it in God. And the only thing that can give you what you need on the inside is God and His blessing. His blessing. So the blessing is not money and stuff. The blessing of the Lord, it makes rich. The money doesn't make you rich. Not in God. The house and stuff don't make you rich. The blessing makes you rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Somebody say no sorrow. No sorrow. sorrow. Well we're rejoicing always. And no sorrow. Oh you you didn't get that? No sorrow. Somebody say no sorrow. No sorrow. The complete Jewish Bible says it like this, Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of Adonai is what makes people rich. The money didn't make you rich. House didn't make you rich. Car didn't make you rich. Your name on a book didn't make you rich. Fame didn't make you rich. Oh yeah, that's what made, no, no, it might have got you some money, but that didn't make you rich. What makes you rich? The blessing of the Lord makes me rich. And he doesn't mix sorrow with it. Why would he say that? We've already been talking about it. God's commanded us to rejoice. A big part of the blessing is the enjoyment. Somebody got it. What is the blessing? I'm going to say it and then I'm going to give you scripture for it. A part of the blessing is the power to enjoy. The power, the ability to enjoy. And then secondly, the ability to bless. Which is actually greater blessing than receiving. The Lord said it's more blessed to give than to receive. And if you do it right, you'll get more enjoyment out of blessing others than about anything you've done. What makes me rich? Come on, help me out. What makes me rich? Money doesn't make you rich. Not really rich. Money doesn't make you rich, things, houses. The blessing of the Lord makes me rich. And he adds no sorrow in there. There's no sorrow in that. You're in Ecclesiastes 2. The Spirit of God through Solomon penned these things. And he is attributed to be the wisest man who was also the richest man. Wonder if there's a connection. The wisest man. You talk about money. Read and see what they did. Billions they put into the temple of God. I mean, gold everywhere. And that's what God said he wanted. (laughs) And uh, he said this in his wisdom, Ecclesiastes 2.24, There's nothing better for a man that he should eat and drink and he should make his soul what? Enjoy. Good in his labor. I saw that this is, is from the hand of God. What's from the hand of God? Being able to enjoy the fruit of your labor, your meals, your life. Ecclesiastes 3.13, he says it again. 3.13, also that every man should eat and drink and what? Enjoy the good of all his labor because it's what? It's a gift of God. What's a gift of God? Not just having something, 
but being able to enjoy it. The blessing of the Lord makes us rich. And there's no sorrow mixed in with that. The ble- a big part of the blessing is the enablement to enjoy what God has given you. We didn't take time to read it, but if you read in Deuteronomy 28, the curse, curse verse after verse said, you'll plant, but somebody else is going to eat it. You'll build it, but somebody else is going to enjoy it. Actually use the word. You won't get to enjoy what you made and what you had. That's a curse. I said, that's a curse. That's not being blessed. But I'm blessed. You're blessed. Go to the fifth chapter of Ephesians. 5.18 Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat, to drink, to enjoy. Everybody say enjoy. Enjoy the good of all his labor that he takes under the sun all the days of his life which God gives him for it is his portion. We've already said it's the third time it said it was from the hand of God, it is a gift of God, and it's your portion from the Lord. Every man also to whom God has given what? Did I lose somebody? This is verse 19. Every man to whom God has given riches and wealth and has given him what? Power. What's, what power? What kind of power? It's the blessing. The power to eat and to take his portion and the power to rejoice in his labor. This is the gift of God. He'll not much remember the days of his life because God answers him in the joy of his heart. God answers him, not in his depression. God answers him in the joy of his heart. And the days will sail by and the years will sail by. Next thing you know, you're out of here. And you didn't waste your life crying and feeling sorry for yourself every day. Come on, can y'all see this? You didn't wait. You, you didn't miss all these opportunities to rejoice and to yield to the blessing on your life and allow it to empower you to enjoy. With the blessing of God, you can sit on your porch and enjoy watching the leaves grow. You can enjoy a simple meal. A simple meal. A slice of bread. Look at that slice of bread. Edges toasted just perfect. Fresh. Smells good. Why am I saying this? Because People have all kind of things in their life. They take it for granted. They're not thankful. They don't enjoy it. They're living like cursed people. Nothing has any flavor to them. Nothing has no appreciation, no enjoyment. Blessed people enjoys. <laughs> don't write me any letters about my grammar. Blessed people enjoys it. I, I use it plural because I enjoy it more than singular. I, I enjoys. I, we should be enjoying right now, right now. We're sitting up in here, air-conditioned comfort, got good clothes on, able to wash our face today. Sitting up in here and paid for church building. Paid for Paid for cameras, broadcasting this all over the internet. We're blessed. What does it mean we're blessed? It doesn't mean just that we have money, we have stuff. What does it mean we're blessed? We, We are empowered to enjoy the goodness of God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Let me read this to you from the Amplified. Ecclesiastes 5, 18, Amplified. Is this New Testament now? We, we started out on this enjoy part in the New Testament. 1 Timothy 6.17. Do you remember? God gives us richly all things to enjoy. Ephesians 5.18 Amplified says, Behold, I have seen 
To be good and fitting is for one to eat and drink and to find enjoyment in all the labor in which he labors under the sun all the days which God gives him. For this is his allotted part. You can be working in the fields. You can be depressed and sad. Or you can take a deep breath and thank God for your health. That you're able-bodied. Got a good crop going here that you're able to work on. What you're going to do is going to help put food on somebody's table. So you can be negative about anything. But with the blessing of the Lord in the same situation where people think is awful and terrible, you can be empowered to enjoy goodness in circumstances that people find unacceptable or deplorable. And the thing about God, if you're gracious and faithful in what he gives you, he's going to give you more. He's going to promote you. You're going to come out. Next thing you know, you own the farm. He's done it repeatedly. He takes people, the Bible said, from the dunghill and sets them with princes. He delights in doing things like that. He's not going to be able to do it for the griper, the complainer, the one that cries all the time. Feel sorry for yourself because that's a choice to doubt. But for the person who can find enjoyment in every blessing of the Lord. Come on, help me out right now. Take a deep breath. You enjoy that? (laughs) You enjoy that? Hallelujah. Put your hand up in the air. Say, praise the Lord. You enjoy that? You should. You should. You should. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. They are many, 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 many benefits. We need to acknowledge them. We need to rejoice in them and enjoy them. <laughs> Verse 19, also every man to whom God has given riches and possessions. Who gave them riches and possessions? Does God do that kind of thing? Surely not. God don't give people riches and possessions. Oh, yes, he does. You know who, who gets them? Those that will rejoice in them. And those that will enjoy them the way he intended. And those who are willing to give. And keep it flowing right on through. He has given riches and possessions. And what else did he give? The power to enjoy them. It takes the blessing of the Lord. To enjoy a new car. Or to enjoy new clothes. That's why it can just be a burden to you. Or if you thought it was going to turn you into somebody else and you get it and you ride around and burn all the gas out and you're still the same you. Now you're depressed. Because <laughs> you thought you'd get this new Mercedes and everybody would respect you and like you. But it seemed like they like you less now than before. <laughs> Which is not surprising because you're riding around like this, you know. <laughs> but when you know You're the same old boy that rode around in that Ford pickup with the rusted out fenders. Come on, y'all listening? When you know, you know, but you get in there and you get in that new car and you turn the key and the Holy Spirit got in the seat right beside you. You didn't lie. You didn't steal. You didn't hurt nobody to get this car. You sowed your seed. The Lord blessed it. He brought it in right way, right time. And he bless. when the Lord blesses you, that blessing makes rich. And there's no downside. There's no sorrow. There's no negative. No reason to be ashamed. Come on, can y'all see this? Now I can enjoy this new car. I can ride. Hallelujah. I can pray in tongues. Thank you, Lord, for giving me this car. Oh, this is nice. Thank you. I don't just have the car. I got the power to enjoy the car. That applies to enjoying our friends, enjoying our family, enjoying a meal. It don't have to be a fancy meal to enjoy it. 
enjoy an outing. You don't have to have a big, big thing to have a party and enjoy. You just get together and enjoy. Enjoy. The Lord said, you, you're, going to, you're going to wind up serving your enemies because you wouldn't serve me with joy and gladness. I will serve God with joy and gladness. I will rejoice. I will be thankful. Hallelujah. We will listen to him. And he gives us the power to enjoy. Hallelujah. To accept his appointed lot, to rejoice in his toil. This is the gift of God to him. He'll not much remember seriously the days of his life because God himself answers and corresponds to the joy of his heart. Actually, we won't take time to get into it, but what we're experiencing is the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. We've said that so many times, we may not know what we're saying. We're saying his joy, the joy he experiences personally, we are tasting of. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is the Lord's joy. The peace of God is God's own peace. And to experience God's own peace, there ain't no high like the most high. You, you, you talk about mellow. You, talk, uh, you don't need no drug. You don't need no bottle. And to get happy and to enjoy life, you don't need to become inebriated and drunk and high and shot up with drugs. That's not having fun. That's being in a semi-comatose state. Don't even know what's going on. And, yet that, that's, and you certainly, other people's not enjoying it. Don't have to do it. Don't have to have it. You can be free and free indeed. Hallelujah. And if we will let the blessing fill us and work in us, we will have the power to enjoy what other people overlook, to enjoy what other people miss, to see the blessings where others are not aware. Hallelujah. And we, have, we can have a feast every day. We can rejoice in the Lord always. Hallelujah. Stand on your feet, everybody. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.